All right, welcome to episode eight of Indie Stars Dog Talk Podcast with Butler Insider Akeem Glasby. He's over there. Oh, over there. Yep, there we go. I'm Macklin Esk, your Indie Star Sports Editor, and we are coming off of Butler's loss to Marquette, number four Marquette, on Tuesday night. And Akeem, first, let's just get your your thoughts. Uh, another top five opponent they played. They didn't play great, and they didn't get blown out. Like there were there was a two point game with like four minutes to go. But it, I felt like if they had played as well as they played against UConn, they could have won this game. But they, but it, something was just missing. Yeah, um, it, it seemed like it was headed towards like a, a blowout, you know, kind of a non-competitive game. And then I guess, you know, moving forward, this game will be considered the Finley Bizjack game. You know, maybe this is his breakout, his introduction to, you know, the greater college basketball world. And, you know, because I was, you know, I'm, I'm writing my story. I'm kind of, you know, trying to tie a bow on things, then you just keep looking up and he keeps hitting shots and, you know, he's getting to the basket, he's getting fouled and, and all of a sudden they're chipping away, chipping away. And, you know, they cut it to two and, you know, they can't get back in the game, but I guess, again, it just shows how competitive this competitive this team is. And, you know, Thad says they're winners and Shaka Smart says this is a, a tournament team. So, you know, you, you'd like to see them pull out games like this, but uh, you know, I, it's a, a positive result, you know, even though they didn't get the win. Great hair, great name, got the game too. So I think Finley Bezjack and the, I can't remember who the announcer was. What was it? Raftery last night? It was Raftery and Jason yeah. Benetti. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I couldn't get over all the awful puns they were going off Bizjack. But uh, yeah, oh, it was, <laughs> it was it was hard to listen to it sometimes. But again, nineteen points for him. Sixteen of the nineteen in the second half. Is that right? right. Yep. Mm-hmm enough right enough yeah so it was just were you did you find it weird that Posh Alexander didn't play a lot in that second half that they rolled with Bizjack or was it just like we're going with the hot hand because it seemed and it wasn't just the threes that was Bizjack was hitting it was like he realized he could take his defender off the dribble and was doing it was driving to the basket getting fouled like I think he might have surprised Marquette I don't think he was probably on their scouting report too much yeah, no, I'm not surprised because I don't think Posh is playing at 100%. Actually, I know Posh isn't playing at 100%. Uh, he has a foot issue. I believe it's plantar fasciitis, and that's that's tough. You know, that's tough to, to kind of limit your explosiveness, and I'm sure it's something that's kind of nagging him and kind of hampering him. So, I mean, if he if Posh is off, then you, it, you're right. Go with the hot hand, and, yeah, of, of the starters, Posh played the, the least amount of minutes. And, again, Finley kind of earned his minutes, and on a team like this – with veterans, the young players have to earn their minutes. So, you know, credit to Finley. And even uh, at the in the Creighton game, you know, uh, Greg McDermott said, this team is different without Posh. You know, obviously Posh brings a lot of defense, a lot of tenacity, but he's not an outside shooter. So when you have a player like Finley, it just creates a completely different just aspect, different look on offense. You know, they're more wide open, more perimeter oriented. And you saw what Bizjack can bring. You know, he's a confident guy. He can, she's a great shooter. And you're right, he, his ability to, to attack the basket may be underrated. And he has that reverse layup. I'm sure that's in the scouting report. It seems like every other game he's using the rim to protect himself and getting those nice reverse layups. So he's kind of showing his all around complete game. And it, it was needed because DJ Davis, who had been on fire, had had an off game, one for six from three. So, I mean, this is what good about. team. That's what yeah. happened. It was the it's the Glassby Jinx. You write a nice long feature on how he's the best shooter, one of the best shooters people have ever seen, and and he shoots like one for eight or two for seven, whatever he finished with last night. Um, they could have used some of his threes because, but again, 
you could tell Marquette was really guarding him out as far, you know, he was catching it to the, to the, almost to the logo and they were on him. So they, they knew the scouting report because they had been hurt by him again, but I think he had four straight 20 point games and he mm-hmm. might finish with, you know, eight or single, he finished with single digits in this game. So again, they didn't play great and they were in this game. To me, that's a good sign. Yes. It's a home game, but they've already beat Marquette. They played UConn on the road tough. They won at Creighton, a ranked Creighton team where they never win in Omaha. So I, I just think this team is – they're a tournament team. And Yusuf Shaka said it after the game, and it, it, his quote was very close to what Ed Cooley said after the George, the first Georgetown game, where he's like, I can't get over what Thad Mott has done with this team so quickly. You know, and I, th- and I think people in the Big East see that, the, the night and day from last year's team to this year's team. And it's it takes people by – they're like – Dang, he's he's really done it, and we got to worry about Butler now again because it was almost identical. I'm sure the other coaches have said the same, but those two really stand out. Where they're like, this team is completely different. They play with heart. They play hard. They're good. They're well coached. They're a good team, and that's that's got to be music to Butler fans' ears who have had a rough go of it the past you know five years, four or five years. Yeah, and I guess the most important word that Chaka used is culture. It's like the culture that he's able to bring in. That's something that, again, that is reiterated to me throughout the years. Like, these guys have a chip on the shoulder. They want to be here. You know, they're they're winners, like I said before. And that shows, you know, in games like, you know, yesterday. But, yeah, culture, especially when you have all these new guys coming in, you don't know how they're going to, you know, come together. They're from different parts of the country, different countries altogether, you know, in the case of someone like Augusto Cassia. And it's just, uh, yeah, the way they've come together is really impressive. And especially in today's, you know, college basketball, when a lot of it can be like me, me, uh, these guys have definitely proven that they're team players. I think what's probably taken them by surprise the most of these opposing coaches is because they've probably been in similar situations and you see other teams in the country who have tried to rebuild on the fly, you know, look at IU seven new players this year. And Mike Woodson is in February still saying, hey, we're still trying to jail, figure out the best, you know, the best way for us to play. And here's that Mata, almost 11 new players and finding a way to get these guys all to click and play well in a much in what I think is a much better conference than what the Big Ten is this year. I think the Big East is, is head and shoulders above what the Big Ten is um, just because I mean, I think it's going to be a really bad NCAA tournament for the Big Ten, aside from Purdue, if they can get past. St. Mary's of Francis or somewhere, mm-hmm. whoever they're going to have to play. Um, but I, you said Shaka said they're a tournament team. I've been saying this is a tournament team from the beginning, just because again, watching who they, watching these players, watching a, a Pierre Brooks, a Jamil Telfort, you can just, these are confident guys and they, they know how to score. They know how to play hard. And so I I've felt it now again, they got Creighton at home on Saturday, I'm not calling it a must win. Are you calling it a must win? No, and I, I will say before we get to the Creighton game, uh, talking to DJ the other day, that the preseason ranking of them at you know the second to last team behind DePaul, that is something that rubbed them the wrong way. That's something that they definitely talk about, and that's something that they they want to rub in people's faces how just how wrong they were about you know how talented this team was. So you know, um, I talked about them having credit. credit. To these people's credit, how many people watched UC Irvine? How many people watched Northeastern? So they didn't know what they were really getting. And Pierre Brooks barely didn't play a ton at Michigan State. So I could see some hesitancy, especially if you saw what you saw from last year's team. I could understand coming in a little hesitant to to put stock in them. I think it was going to take you to watch this team and go, oh, no, I see how all these pieces fit. Yeah, this is a good team. 
but uh, again, I, I don't think it took many practices for them to realize that, okay, Jamil's game translates from, you know, Northeastern to the Big East. DJ's game transfers. Pierre Brooks, he just needed more time and more minutes and his body and his skill set will transfer. And then Thad Mata is a good coach. That That's what everyone says, is that Thad, he knows what he's doing. He's He's proven it at every step along the way. So, I mean, yes, hindsight is twenty twenty, but it the pieces were there, and they're, they're kind of showing now what they're capable of. But you're right; they have to hold up their end of the bargain. They, they definitely can't lose out, or you know, just kind of stumble along the way and still kind of hope to get into the tournament. But as of now, this team is is trending toward the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and the, again, the Creighton game at home on Saturday. You win that; it's another quad one win. It looks great. Yes. Uh, it's a season sweep of Creighton, which is going to look great. I, the first Creighton-Butler game, what was it, two weeks ago or a week ago? Best game I've watched all year. Best game, like the most, from a neutral point of view, the most entertaining college basketball game I've watched all year. And I saw some Butler fans kind of tweeting something similar. So like, wow, that was fun. Like, yes, we, was, I'm sure it's more fun because they won. But that was a fun game of basketball. Both really high offensive teams. Um, they know what they're doing. They shot the ball great both teams so are you expecting a similar game like that are we, we going to see another 99 98 kind of game no Please. because i mean oh. because the sets that they're running i mean they're, they're on film now so yes i would expect them to make adjustments and like okay when dj catches the ball here watch for this you know they're making adjustments and they they're not doing much on court practice but they're definitely getting in the film room and kind of learning some things and it's, it's going to be about execution. So, you know, yeah, maybe those open threes become contested threes and man, maybe Butler will continue to hit them, hit them. And, you know, the same for Creighton, but I, I still expect it to be a very competitive game, like to be 90 points, like one of the most high, one of the most high scoring big East games in a very long time that didn't go into overtime. That's asking for a lot, but I definitely expect to watch a well-executed game between two good teams. Yeah, I wonder how many, uh, what time is the game Saturday? Is it going up against the slam dunk contest or is it during the day? Well, we might get some. I believe it's two, but it could be 12. Okay. So we might get some, might get some NBA folks in the building checking out. The, okay. Checking out Hinkle Fieldhouse with the sun coming in. There's very few places like it in college basketball. All right. So you'll have a lot of people in from the national media. So I'm, I'm assuming we'll see some, see some NBA celebs or, no, or notable people. All right. So, Say they lose against Creighton. How does their NCAA tournament resume look? Now, the Texas Tech win looks better and better every day. That first Marquette win obviously holds up pretty great. I mean, how many teams have beat a top four team in the country on their court? So that's a pretty dang good win. Um, as long as they don't slip up to the, you know, but like St. John's isn't easy, you know. Uh, at Seton Hall isn't easy. At Villanova is not easy. So there's still some potential potholes, um, Indianapolis, you know, capital, the potholes. There's still some potholes on the, on the road to March. Uh, what is, what, what are they saying? Are they talking about March at all? No. And that's actually one of the questions I asked Thad last uh, yesterday is, you know, is, is that something you guys talk about? And Thad said, no, he said, it's something that he doesn't talk about. He, his quote was, you know, if we don't handle business in February, then March doesn't matter. But he also said, like, the players, they probably do talk about it. You know, they're human. They're they're young adults. They definitely do talk about it. And they probably, you know, they probably grew up watching the NCAA tournament and the pomp and circumstance that goes around it. So within the locker room, it might be discussed. But, you know, 
on the practice court and in the huddles, no, that's not something that Dad addresses. But and to, to again to Butler's credit, I don't think they're pressing or you know playing tight or anything like that. I just think they got beat by a better team yesterday. But um, I know they definitely do care, and again, they they want to prove people wrong. So making the NCAA tournament go a long way to kind of showing what this program is about. Yeah, and Donnie Marshall during the halftime of the game uh, Tuesday night said that if they were asked a dark horse team to win the Big East tournament, he said Butler. And I think that goes to show, and Donnie Marshall's not like a Butler apologist by any stretch of the imagination, but it goes to show that people are taking notice of the job that Mata. And like we said, Ed Cooley said it, Chuck Smart said it, Donnie Marshall's watched Big East basketball year. For, for them to pick this team in this conference, you know, that's got two top five teams in the country as a potential team that could be, you know, flying the ointment come uh, Big East tournament time, that's quite a statement. Yeah, and then I mean, it just again it talks to the speaks to the personnel that Butler has. Again, Shaka called Jamil Telford one of the most impactful players in the Big East. You know, he had six assists last night, and he's he's like a point forward at two hundred thirty pounds. You know, he's not he's a pretty unique player. And again, DJ Davis has game changing shooting ability. Finley Bizjack, you know, uh, Pierre Brooks, just the 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 skill sets and the just the talent that they have. Yeah, that's that's a team capable of catching fire because. Like, again, against Creighton, if you catch Butler on a great day, they can outscore anybody. So, yeah, that's a that's definitely a not a Cinderella team, but a team that's capable of stringing some games together. So, yeah, on, on a good day, I definitely wouldn't want to see Butler. And one player on Saturday I might look out for more is Augusto Cassia. Now, I know he only played that one play against Providence, whether he fouled him or blocked him. Yeah, he says he got all ball. Sure. And Jalen Thomas must have fouled him. Doesn't matter. It was a block. They win the game. Oh, uh, so they won the Providence game, but he only played that one play. He played pretty early against Marquette. He got some early minutes in the first half, and then that was kind of it. Um, but at least he he threw him out there and said, all right, this might not be the game for him kind of thing. But against Creighton in the first game, I think you really saw in the second half, too, where they were looking for any way to get stops because Creighton was keeping up with them. You know, it was like, gosh, we're going to have to score 90 to win this game. They brought in Cassia, and you can tell his length and athleticism did bother some of Creighton's outside shooters. And so I wonder if we're going to see maybe more of that. You know, I'm not saying he's going to play 15 minutes, but I think he might be someone who can come in and maybe change the game a little bit just to give them something different um, because he is completely different than anyone else on this roster. And he is slowly finding a role. You wrote, you wrote about this earlier this week, but – you could tell Thad is looking for ways to get him involved. Obviously, he missed the first two months of the season, missed a lot of the preseason with injury, and he's a freshman. Now he's an older freshman, so he's more physically ready for it. But there's, you watch him, and you're like, there's something there. It's going to take coaching, but it looks like Thad is trying to get him into this lineup because he could possibly be an X factor later down the road. Yeah, and some of those sporadic minutes are available because Connor Turnbull is out with injury. So yeah. that's kind of the, the one piece that they're missing. And, again, Connor is another one of those X-Factor type guys that can come in and with a highlight dunk or a three-pointer that can quickly change the game. But is, is he, right. are, are we calling him out for the season? Is that kind of the feel? <laughs> um, I haven't had an injury update. That's something I need to check on. But I don't believe it was supposed to be a season-ending injury, but uh, that's something I'll, I'll need to check on. But um, like you said, Augusto has just rare athletic ability, size, okay, yeah. can, guard one through, can guard one through five, uh, can switch everything, and he tries to dunk everything. Like, 
he's 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 a an energizer bunny out there, and yeah, he could be needed on Saturday. <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, is there anything else uh, we need to talk about heading into Saturday's game that we haven't touched on? Um, no, I mean Greg. Greg Doyle got to check out Butler yesterday. He had a nice story on Finley Bizjack. Shaka Smart is a Finley Bizjack fan. That was a, a nice anecdote that he got. Um, <clears throat> again, I, I, I had a story on DJ about his shooting and just you know the Big West coaches just raved about DJ and just he's a nightmare to prepare for and just you know with his shooting ability, how quickly he can change a game. And then again, Augusto, just kind of what he's been able to do from a kid who grew up swimming in Brazil to now. You know, playing Division One basketball, so just this is a very interesting Butler team. So if you haven't read those stories, check those out. Yeah, and I, I think it's also interesting to note that like they were in that game against the number four team in the country when their two starting guards, Posh Alexander and DJ Davis, didn't play particularly well. And if you get different outcomes from those two, yes, I know Finley Bizjack blew up, but if you get two other outcomes from those two, this is like I said, it was a two point game with four minutes to go. The game was there, and then it just kind of got away because hey, Marquette's really good, and just like. Like against UConn, UConn's really good. Like Butler actually played very, I thought, very well against UConn at the number one team in the country. And so again, you see it. This is this is a good team. They just have to take care of business these last five games before the Big East tournament. All right, Akeem, how do you like this new format, Akeem? Do you like it? Do you like do you like the video? Is it working? Working Yeah, it gives me a reason to. uh, uh, You know, I I have to dress for video now, so. uh, Oh, this is dressing for video. A sweatshirt and a cap is dressing for video. Oh, if you know, you know. Uh, yeah, that's all I'll say. <laughs> all right. Well, I uh, hope everything's going well at home. You look very well rested for someone with a one month old daughter. So you're doing something right. You getting enough sleep? Uh, yeah, that's credit to my wife. She's uh, she's a, a great partner, handles Smart the night man. feeding so, so I can go to sleep. Uh, I'll I'll like fake like, oh, do you need me to change a diaper? And then I'll just go back to sleep, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. It's always about the uh, it's a token gesture because, you know, she knows yes. she's going to take care of it. She's got to feed him any feed her anyways. It's like, honey, do you want? Oh, OK. You know, at least get credit for asking. No, I like it. All right. Well, he is a King Glassby, the butler insider for Indy Star. I'm Mac Lennis. Thank you for listening to episode eight of Dog Talk. Again, Butler at or Creighton at Butler Saturday matinee. There's no place better to be than Hinklefield House during All-Star Weekend. Check it out. Um, all right. Talk to you later, King.